Welcome to For the Love of Self podcast. My name is Heather Murphy. I am an embodiment coach and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. It is my mission to help you love yourself deeply. If you are desiring unbreakable confidence and are ready to embody your authentically expressed next level self, where you are creating a life with heart-opening relationships, finances, and success, then get ready for your dose of self-love. Hello, hello, and welcome to For the Love of Self podcast. This is your host, Heather Murphy. And today I am so honored to have Esther visiting with us. She is a psychotherapist who specializes in internal family systems. And this is such an incredibly powerful type of therapy that she is going to educate us on today. And I'm really excited to have you here to help us out so we can continue our mental health journey. Thank you for being here, Esther. Hi, Heather. Yeah, it's really nice to be here as well. IFS is something I'm very passionate about. And I discovered it a few years when I saw there was a workshop in Jerusalem. And here, everything is in Hebrew. And suddenly there was this English-speaking workshop. It was a course. And and um, and it was in English. And I'd previously heard about IFS therapy. And I, I was like, this is something that really makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it would really help me a lot. And when I saw it advertised, I'm like, I'm going to go for it. And it really like revolutionized the way that, I mean, I just, from that time onwards, I just kind of devoted myself to doing IFS because it was so transformational. So yeah. um, it just goes way past um, talk therapy, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's really effective. So I'm just curious, because I'd love to touch on your background a little bit. Um, First of all, what first made you go into becoming a therapist? And then also, like, was that, are you saying that when you found out about IFS, was that your um, initial training? Or was that like you had your, you got your, because I know I think this sort of licensing is probably different where you live. And um. Yeah, it was just like, like, here you get your license yeah. to be a therapist, and then you can go out and specialize in different things like somatic therapy, IFS, whatever. Right. So I'm curious, right. like, what your journey has been in terms of, like, becoming a therapist. Um, I've always been very, like, interested since I was a kid, as a sensitive kid, and always been interested in, like, what motivated people. Um, so I've always been curious about people and their lives and you know, my my grandmother has all these sisters and they'd always tell me their life stories and I love listening, you know. Um, but at that time, being a therapist where I lived, it was like a kind of little town and it just, I'm 54 now. So in my time, it was therapy wasn't a big thing, especially where I lived, you know. And I kind of considered psychology, but I wasn't like kind of logical into that cold logic kind of thing. Um, so I trained as an English teacher, and um, so I was an English language teacher, but more and more as the years went on, like, I knew it wasn't really what I wanted to be, and then finally, um, my life changed quite a bit, I got divorced, I became a single parent, and I kind of really looked into, well, what do I want to be and do, and and the therapy just kept kind of coming up, like, I should train to be a therapist. So, um, 
so I went to university and I and I studied uh, person-centered therapy um, and I was also in interested in a gestalt and um, I can't say I was like purely person-centered but it's it was a lot about listening and we did study a bit about trauma but um, not that much really I got while I was in university I got very interested in expressive arts therapy and I kind of started doing art journals and really exploring my own, you know, my own personality and ways of dealing with life and everything. Um, and then when I came to Israel, I started um, giving workshops, expressive arts therapy workshops. Um, so before IFS, I had this kind of basis with person-centered therapy, which is actually, it is a good basis. And it kind of, it's not about analyzing, which is also, kind of very in tune with IFS. It's very much like treating the person as an individual and, you know, not kind of, I as a therapist, I'm not the expert, you know. I'm just here to guide you and to kind of help you encounter yourself really and kind of find the answers within yourself. Um, but I feel like IFS has given me a lot of tools to do that, which I didn't have before. And also I when I'm doing therapy with someone, I also try and kind of give them tools and help them understand what's going on, you know? So if I kind of see that they're really self-critical, so like, oh, I can see like there's a critical part because in IFS, we talk a lot about parts, you know, we kind of call them parts. So. You know, they say, um, oh, I'm just so disorganized, you know, and I'm just, I waste so much time and, you know, and I'm like, oh, I can hear like this critical part coming in, you know, and so we'll explore that, you know, so it's kind of, it says in a very non-confrontational way, I'm not kind of saying to don't criticize yourself, but I'm just saying, oh, let's be curious, you know, why is this criticism coming in? Like, what is it trying to tell you? And um, you know, and kind of can we just get curious about it, you know? Yeah. Because um, it feels Yeah, like sometimes, you know, nobody likes to be criticized, so it's coming in and why is it doing this to you, you know? Right, exactly. I know exactly what you're referring to. And um it's something like parts work is something I utilize in my coaching practice a lot. And so I'd love for the listener, you know, since they might be going like, what do you mean by parts? So maybe we can right. just start with like, what is the what are the basics of IFS? Like just to give like and who is it for? And then maybe like go even deeper into like and, you know, you kind of, I mean, you already gave an example of parts work, but maybe you want to give another one if you feel called to. Sure. Um, yeah, so in IFS, kind of, we wouldn't say, oh, I mean, you, you normally say, I'm angry, right? But mm -hmm. when you say I'm angry, it's very hard to work with that anger, you know? It's kind of, I'm angry and, okay, what do I do with it? What, you know, whereas when you say, I have an angry part. So you're already kind of having a bit of detachment and you can observe, you know, so it gives you a bit of um of an advantage, you know. So if you um if you're watching your kids and they're like running around and jumping everywhere, you know, and you're getting really angry that the living my kids used to love kind of 
getting all the sofas, like the cushions off the sofa, all the bits off the sofa, like building mm -hmm. castles. And, you know, sometimes you've got company coming around in half an hour, you know, it's like you don't right. want the whole living room littered with cushions and, and tents and uh, castles, you know. So you can feel that anger bubbling up, you know, so you kind of, um, so we'd say, okay, so that's an angry part, you know, and we kind of, um, we kind of start asking this part, you know, what's going, what's going on? What are you angry about? You know, why are you angry? And it's kind of start saying, oh, these kids, you know, they, they're not, they're not respecting me. They're not listening to me. Like, you know, kind of my needs aren't being met, you know, so you start like, instead of getting upset with yourself for being angry with the kids, maybe you're feeling guilty or whatever, you kind of, oh, you start listening, you're like, okay, so this anger wants me to like, stand up for myself more, it wants me to get the kids to realize that, you know, that I need them to do something else, or I need them to help, you know, so you kind of, um, you've got more of a perspective, you can kind of have more of a perspective on what's the anger trying to show you. Because all the parts, the different parts of ourselves are trying to communicate something to us, you know. But very often we don't get curious enough to say, like, you know, if part of me is sad, like, you know, we just, oh, you know, like you get impatient with it or you kind of you don't want the sadness to be there. We don't get curious enough to say, oh, I see that, you know, I see that you're sad. Like, what's going on? What's, you know, what's coming up for you? What made you feel that way? So it's kind of, I think in art therapy, you do it a lot when you, they call it like to externalize the part, you know, so you'll, mm -hmm. you'll draw something, you know, and then you kind of, then you can dialogue with that image because you've just got that bit of space, you know. Yeah. So, I love what you said yeah. about like um, essentially like what I hear is how these parts have unmet needs. So sometimes when you're yelling at the kids for the couch cushions, it actually has nothing to do with them screaming. I mean, that is irritating if you have company, but it, it's so much deeper than that because it's rooted back to something that might have happened or continued to happen in your childhood or your teenage years or your adult yeah. early adult years, who knows when or what, but that um creating that distance allows you to be like, wow, like this part really just wants to be able to speak up and say what she needs to say. And then there's sort of this relationship. It, it really feels like, exactly. yeah. yeah, like a relationship with another person or something where it's like, this isn't all of who I am. It's not the whole picture of who I am. It's just an aspect of my experience. Also, it's not like I have to identify with every part of the you know every part and and have it cling yeah. to the entirety of my ego identity or whatever yeah yeah I love yeah. the way you said that yeah. and it's kind of so this part like yeah like so this part that feels say the kids aren't respecting me and they're not you know they're not kind of listening to me and stuff like that um very often that kind of be underneath that is as you're saying you know like times in the past where you weren't listened to and you weren't respected and taken seriously mm -hmm. and 
you know, in an IFS like therapy session, we would kind of go down the layers and kind of, I'd say, okay, well, like, what does this bring back for you? And what maybe this part can show us like a memory or an image or something to show like what, because the anger in this case is a protector, like the anger is trying to protect you and saying like, you stand up for yourself, like, you know, this isn't right. And so it's a very valuable part, but it's, it feels it has to be so strong because it's kind of keep, trying to keep you away from that vulnerable, you know, part that's been hurt before. So in IFS therapy, we do do a lot of work within a child and mm -hmm. kind of getting to the roots of kind of our bits that get triggered, you know, so we 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 go back and we kind of um you know so if it's about not being listened to so we'd see about the parts that weren't listened to as a child and maybe there's a memory and we kind of get the it's not about reliving the past in ifs it's mm -hmm. not about oh let's hash it all up again and because that can be re-traumatizing so it's about getting that um, in IFS, we have parts, but we also have the self, that true self, that core kind of part of you, which is calm and is compassionate and is curious. You know, so we kind of we get that part of you, that true self, to start listening to this child, like telling her how maybe her dad didn't listen to her when she didn't want to do something or. You know, we kind of go back and we call that witnessing. We kind of witness this child and what, you know, she, this little child, it sounds funny, but she actually starts telling you, you know, oh, you know, I felt so upset and, and this is, you know, this is what happened. And she'll tell us like what was on her mind. And if she can sense that we're really there for her, she will like go through the feelings and, you know, and then we kind of do, um, it's a bit like a ritual it's taken from shamanism where this child will then kind of unload all this like pain that she's carrying and we do it in a very creative way we're like um we ask the 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 child to think of a way of she can unload it from carrying it in her body to kind of either kind of putting it in a basket and letting the wind take it or digging it into the ground and like covering it over or maybe like putting it in a boat and letting it float down the river just like we use the elements and we kind of engage that imagination and like there's a lot of talk about neuroscience nowadays it kind of starts rewiring the brain of like helping the brain to let go of these old beliefs and the old pain you know and kind of we just kind of watch it just going you know and then we, at the end, we kind of invite in the new qualities like that this child needs for her life, you know. So you, you're also quite interested in manifesting, you know, and it's kind of, so we kind of, we let go of what we call these burdens that hold us down and trigger us and the stored pain. And then we also kind of ask a higher power or I don't know, whatever force you feel, um, or goodness, whatever it is, you know, to kind of um, endow you with these qualities like playfulness, like joy, like uh, friendship, 
relationship, you know, anything that this part feels that they would like in their lives, you know, and, and you see people just becoming more alive, becoming more um, connected to the true self, you know, becoming less triggered. You know, I've got one of my clients now, like she's got problems with her son who's on drugs and, you know, and I can see that through the work I've done with her on her system and on her traumatized part, like more and more she like is able to be there for him, you know, and, and be calm when he starts acting up. And so, you know, when we work with our own system, it benefits everyone, you know, around us. And it helps us be more present to our children and our, our colleagues and, you know, it's um, that's a knock-on effect, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I love how, like, you brought up that it's really not about, like, it's not, yeah, it's not about bringing up, digging into the past, which sometimes, like, different talk therapies can do, different types of therapies can really dig deep. And sometimes yeah. I just, you know, I think the trauma part can be so... I don't know. I want to say the word scary, I guess. Like, I'm sure as a therapist, it can be like, it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't want to re traumatize somebody. And so I think it's beautiful that you, you know, have something like IFS where it's not about like, from what I hear and understand, like, people can come into a session with you and just bring in what's happening now. And it doesn't have to yes. be about like, well, when I was five, my, da, 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 you know, da, da, da. it doesn't, right. I mean, it can, like, you can totally, of course, talk about that in therapy, but it's more rather that like, and so I'm, I'm bringing this up too, just so that as the listener can be like, is this for me? You know, like, how would somebody know, is mm -hmm. this right? Because I'm like, I think a lot of us have trauma to one degree or another. I think everyone does. So like, sometimes trying to figure out like, what's the best therapy and just the whole process of even starting to find a therapist can be so difficult and no right. matter where no matter where you live I mean the, the systems that we have to navigate to find a therapist can be so difficult so just knowing right. what type of therapy should I do you know like I think I would if I from what I'm hearing like even people with severe trauma could really benefit from IFS it seems like Definitely. I find it a very safe way of working because in IFS, firstly, we don't pathologize people. So, you know, we don't like label people. You've got OCD. Or, you know, we say, mm -hmm. okay, let's work with these obsessive parts. You know, let's work with these mm -hmm. parts which just can't stop rehashing things. Or, you know, so we don't mm -hmm. kind of make it into a whole pathology, which already starts, you are feeling more normal, you know, that you're not, there's not, something wrong with you that that needs to be fixed you know mm -hmm. um but yeah. i've lost my train of thought here about That's finding okay. the right therapy. there's like there's so yeah. many different therapies out there and it is confusing um yeah. i feel like um i feel it's important for people to find out if the therapist that they're looking for is trauma-informed because yeah. it doesn't mean they have to be an expert on trauma but just to be trauma informed and to like kind of understand about the nervous system and and, and interview a therapist. Like I give a free 20 minute, you know, consultation that anyone, like there's no obligation. People can come and meet me and, you know, and it helps me as well. Cause then if I do start kind of having them as a client, I've already got 
kind of a feeling of them, you know, already kind of kind of breaks the ice and it's not kind of the first time you're just sitting there for an hour, like bearing your soul, you know, you already mm -hmm. kind of have an idea of what this person is like. So I would encourage people to just kind of... It's like speed dating. Okay, it doesn't have to be like 20 therapists, but you know. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, yeah, test it out and then you have a chance to ask questions. But yeah, with our first, I was yeah. saying that we really value the protectors you know all mm. these parts which are kind of which help you function on a day-to-day -day basis because many of us you know if we just had the trauma and we didn't have the parts which were protecting us we wouldn't be able to bring up our kids and we wouldn't be able to go to work you know because we'd yeah. be so overwhelmed with the trauma so in ifs like you know in other therapists they say oh that's resistance you know it's kind of it's bad you you're resisting, you're not being open to your feelings. Whereas in IFS, we're like the opposite, like, you know, the parts that maybe make a joke out of things, you know. That's me. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the parts, you know. Yes, so yes. these parts, like, we don't see them as a nuisance. And we, we give them respect. We're like, you know, because you've been able to find the human things and because maybe some people, they had to lighten up the family of origin. You know, the father was alcoholic and the mother was codependent. And, you know, there's a lot of problems in the family. They needed that chirpy, cheerful kind of joker to lighten the atmosphere. And that's, you know, that gave that child some much needed attention. So, you know, we respect these parts and we don't see them like we've got to get rid of this joking part. But we would like this jokey part maybe not to feel like I've got to be jokey all the time, you know, I've got yeah. to think of funny things to say, you know, we'd like that part maybe to be a bit more relaxed, you know, and enjoy the jokiness more, you know. So, um, yeah. so in IFS, we do not like push people to like bear the soul. And, you know, it's very much about inviting and noticing, you know, you know, mm. notice how it feels when you say that and, you know, or just have a look in your body and how, you know, how does that anxiety feel? So we're very much kind of inviting and making sure you're ready before we kind of go any further. Like I don't even attempt it with, with many clients, you know, and I've had clients who are therapists and it's still the same, you know, it's not because you're a therapist that, you're gonna just be fearless and you know kind of go in there and all the difficult memories you know yeah like everyone has their protective system and so very much like I work with the, your protectors and when they give permission they feel safe with me they feel safe with you and they say okay fine you know let's go to that little girl who was bullied or you know whatever it is and when when the time is right, it's much better to do it that way rather than sometimes people will then, if they open up too much, it can happen even with a friend, you feel exposed and you feel vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that's a bad place to be. Like it's not, we do not want that happening in therapy, you know? So I just kind of very careful about it, and, you know, and then I make sure that the client is kind of 
set, feel safe before the end of the session, you know, or right. if things like, you know, I might go over a bit of time just to make sure they're okay if I need to, or, or I might just check in with the clients like during the week, or, you know, they can call me for a few minutes if they need to, just to have that contact or whatever, you know. So we don't want the client to feel like vulnerable and exposed. You know? yeah. So, I mean, I remember when I was doing my person-centered training and I had a client who had been sexually abused and, and you know, it was so hard for her. She left after a few sessions. And, um, and nowadays I would just do that totally differently because then it's just about listening. But I wasn't aware that how re-traumatizing it was, you know, whereas, you know, now I'd be checking, well, what does this part need from me as a therapist? What does this part need from you to feel safe? Like, how can we help this part, you know, so it wouldn't, you know, therapy doesn't have to be painful. (laughs) It takes courage. It does take courage. And I know from my own therapy, like at times, like, kind of I'd feel this overwhelming fear that if I didn't have that therapist there with me I wouldn't have gone there but once I've kind of I'm kind of it's okay I was able to do it and like kind of the fear was able to just subside and I could feel that fear but not override it but also kind of feel safe and then like so there are moments when you know, it's scary and it's painful or whatever, but on the whole, it's like, it is a positive experience and, you know, you do feel kind of much lighter. You know, you should be feeling better after a session. I am briefly interrupting this podcast episode because I actually have a question for you. Have you been feeling mentally blocked or something seems to be getting in the way of creating the life that you truly desire? I totally get it. For years, I struggled with my anxiety and depression, and no matter how many personal development and manifestation books I read, I was seeing small bits and pieces of my dreams coming in, but not the big things. And so I want to invite you into a workshop that I put together. It's called Embodied Forces, and it really focuses on the secret to the secret. After practicing manifestation for 17 plus years, I've really learned that there's more to manifestation than just scripting and two cup method or even spiritual bypassing. The real secret to manifestation is embodiment. Embodiment has been the key in me creating a life that I truly love and I want that for you too. So I wanna invite you to check out this free workshop so that you can learn the process of manifestation from an embodied perspective. You can click the link in the show notes. And at the end of the workshop, I'll be inviting you into Embodied Forces, my signature program to teach you emotional and energetic mastery so that you can create a life that you truly love. The cart for Embodied Forces opens on July 3rd. It will then close on July 10th and we will begin the program on the 11th. If it feels like a hell yes for you and you're ready to step into the new frequency of your desires, then I would love to have you and I cannot wait to see what you create. One thing I wanted to point out was that earlier in the interview you were saying like 
if I, please correct me if I'm saying this wrong or interpreted it incorrectly, but like the therapist is not the expert of you. So like, you know, this type of therapy is really empowering um, because you are learning about you and all these parts. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I just, I think that it's like, go have, ahead. Like, yeah, no, we have similar questions. So you get used to the therapist saying to you, okay, where, like if you're angry or where is this part in your body, you know, how do you feel towards this part, you know, you get used to the same questions. So you then start like having the tools to just do it to yourself, you know, so mm -hmm. when you feel you're angry, you're like, okay, well, I'm noticing like that anger coming up and how do I feel towards it, you know, Oh, I feel like uh, I want to squash it down, you know. So you be, you mm -hmm. start like it starts becoming much more accessible to work, you know, on yourself to work by yourself as well. Um, so I feel like I try to give the clients the tools to understand what is going on, you know, yeah. um, what's this part trying to show me, and and kind of start being able to you know in, in the journal or whatever they can just yeah kind of start asking yeah. themselves these questions and writing down the answers you know right so, I was thinking yeah. about this because um I feel like in my 20 years of being in and out of therapy and struggling with some and getting benefit you know had all the experiences with that but I guess what I wanted to bring up was how like sometimes there can be this codependent urge or need for a client I'm sure and so I think that's what's so beautiful about this is that I think it really does like gently nudge the patient to be like you know you you really do you you know yourself and I think I think like in the past I used to go into therapy being like well, hopefully I they have some answers for me. Like I felt like I wanted them to like psychoanalyze me and then tell me everything right, yeah. about me. <laughs> and this really just this tool is so incredible. These these tools in IFFs are so incredible for that reason, where you don't you can stop that codependent cycle with your therapist mm. and go That's into the, Yeah, like I feel like what you do is like you're just creating this space of like exploration essentially. <laughs> yeah yeah very much yeah and at the beginning like I'm holding the space but my my ideal my goal is to get you to be able to hold your own space you know yeah. obviously you know we all no man is an island you know I also have friends mm -hmm. that I call and when I'm you know oh, yeah. needing to work through things and you know but uh, also like in one of the things we studied in university was attachment theory Mm -hmm. and according to the attachments people you know um if you didn't have a good attachment with one of your caregivers or whatever you're screwed you know you're like um disorganized attachment insecure attachment you know and all these and you kind of you read that and you feel really depressed you're like <sighs> you know what well, does that does this mean i'm like scarred for life you know I'm <laughs> Yeah, and what one thing I love about IFS is like you become your own attachment figure. Like mm -hmm. it's not seen like, well, I didn't have it, so you know that's it, I'm lost. You know, it's like no, like you 
your true self in the present is kind of introducing itself to the different parts which are there in the present, but the different parts which are stuck in the past, you know, and you start forming an attachment to these parts and these parts become aware that you're kind of, in a way, their parent or kind of that mm -hmm. loving figure that they can rely on and they can, you know, they can get compassion and attention, you know, so mm -hmm. that's why we call it the system. You know, it's, I think it's wonderful when you work within a system because everything impacts everything else you know like I get sometimes with clients like I'm working with one part say the angry part you know and then the other parts come in and you know this one this part comes up and this other part comes up and they kind of they start jumping up because it's a system and they realize like they're watching you working with the angry part and they're like oh maybe maybe um, the sad part say, oh there's someone there like this I've been mm. trapped there for so many years like it looks like there's some healing force there that could help me as well you know so mm. the different parts start realizing that oh things have changed here like there is someone who's listening who's got some wisdom who's got compassion who's got time for us you know mm -hmm. and that the healing comes possible you know so it's quite it's a bit like unruly kids in a classroom sometimes, you know, that they all right. you know, want to attack. <laughs> yeah, if you and ever I have a day where you feel crazy, then maybe all your parts yeah. are talking. <laughs> That's right. And when you start like teasing them out and I'm I'm planning a journaling workshop soon and you know, and part of what I wanted to do with the journaling is like kind of okay, what parts are here? You just get a sheet of paper and like what parts are here today? You know, mm -hmm. there's a part that feels guilty that I still haven't cleaned my kitchen. You know, there's a part that is worried about my daughter's not being very withdrawn. And there's a part that's kind of, oh, my, I'm not sure if my boss is happy with me. You know, and there's, so it's like kind of, you know, yeah. looking at all these different, like we, we're just juggling so many balls in the air all the time, you know? Yeah. And, but just starting to listen to what's going on just starts kind of building up this sense of expansion in the system, you know. Um, I really recommend, I love the Insights Timer. And, you know, this could yeah. be something that the listeners would benefit from, that uh, in the Insight Timer, I mean, you can just type in IFS and you'll get some IFS oh, meditations. Wow. And um, yeah. there's this woman called Emma Donovan I think and okay. she's got some lovely like IFS meditations um there's Richard Schwartz who's the founder of IFS you know there's, there's right. different ones that and they're just you know five or ten minutes and you can just make that a daily practice if you like bedtime or when you get up in the morning or when you know everything's driving you crazy you just um, I think yeah. it's quite a boon that that inside time is just once you find you found someone that kind of speaks to you and that you click with, then you can really kind of explore the different things that they offer and just have a chance, you know, to work with your system a little bit, you know? Yeah. So uh, there's a lot yeah. out there. And I think, as you said before, that makes it very confusing, you know, what type of therapy 
um, for me, like I have ticked so many boxes, you know, like that the the reparenting and the the imaginative elements and the spiritual elements of kind of discovering your true self and learning mm -hmm. how to connect to your true self, you know, things like that. It's, you know, just learning how to work with the body. I, I tried to do that in my university degree and it's like I couldn't find a way in whereas IFS like teaches you like how to kind of locate the different feelings in your body and how to access them and how mm -hmm. to kind of get the messages that they want to give you you know so right. um, very empowering yeah. it's beautiful yeah. wow well, this has been so insightful. I feel like people should, you know, should try IFS and um, that it can be so empowering just to work with these different parts within the system of ourselves. I love how you brought up the the connection to the body too, because that's a whole nother, a whole nother layer of, of work yeah. um, is where these parts live in the body and the somatic. We hold so much tension. Mm -hmm. you know yeah. and it's kind of when you start working with it and noticing it and you know there, a lot of parts are like guarding mm -hmm. you know they're kind of guarding you like they might be around your shoulder or your back you know and mm -hmm. around your chest you know and there it's quite it gets to the energy as well because you start feeling like pressure like you might feel pressure on your chest or you might feel like choked up on your, you know, the throat area. Yeah. And so it's like noticing and then it gives you a way and to let this kind of letting the tension in your chest kind of speak to you and kind of tell you mm. what it's there. So it does like, I found it helps me relax my body quite a lot because the parts don't have to be tensing you up, you know, yeah. to keep you guarded, you know, so yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay well i have lot. one last question for you okay, sure. i just love to ask uh what is your favorite practice for self-care self-love oh gosh that's really hard <laughs> <laughs> give me some guidelines do you mean like a 10 minute practice or do you mean like a, a longer sure okay, i'll tell you what no, I'll yeah i've got to tell you so um as well as doing ifs i uh, last August, I saw an advert for um, this guy who was running a training course for um, people to train as intuitive painting teachers. And I I thought oh, that that would be amazing, like come through with the therapy. And I'd been wanting to do intuitive painting anyway. So uh, something in me was like, you've got to go for this. You've got to go for this. You know, and then the anxious part like how are we going to pay for it and how are we going to find time for this and, you know but but I followed my intuition and you know I've been I'm kind of over halfway there now um and I've been doing like weekly I've been teaching a class as well but I've been doing weekly assignments and we spend like at least 45 minutes a week doing our own paintings on the topics that we're, we're asked to do so that's become a weekly practice for me now. And if I do it more than once a week, but honestly, it's something here. I've just got them here, like oil pastels. Oh. Like this is a box of 50. They're really quite cheap. You know, they're not expensive. Yeah. 
I just attended a class, so um, let me just show you. Um, oh, you can't see. This is. That's okay. Oh, I forgot. We... I forgot. So we've you can got, take a picture got... and send it to me. <laughs> uh, you can buy a block of uh, A4 or A3 paper, like more like cartridge paper. Yeah. And then a box of oil pastels, um, decent quality ones. 24 is enough, but if you want to treat yourself to like getting a 48 or 50, then you can get lots of different shades. And that mm. is just so healing. And that literally, yes. you can put your timer on for 10 minutes and just do a free drawing, you know. You mm -hmm. can do a free drawing and it releases a lot. And then if you if you're feeling fear, just, you know, again, put your timer on for 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be a long time. And just draw your fear. You know, you just intuitively choose the colors and just let your let your hands do what it wants to do, you know. Mm. Don't um, censor it. Don't and just fill the page. That's what we say in intuitive painting. Like, don't let any of that, if it's a white page or black page, don't let any of that color show. So you fill the whole page. So you're moving the energy as you're as you're drawing it out, you're expressing it. And you know, it's the same thing with IFS. You then you're looking, it's external now, like, and you're looking at what is this painting telling me? Like, how do I feel now? And it's uh, so that's a beautiful mm. practice. I would recommend it to everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that so much. I <laughs> think I don't know if I told you in our meeting before we when we met previously, but I'm starting grad school in the fall to do expressive arts therapy. Um, and yeah, so I definitely feel like art was the reason that I cracked open finally yeah. and just let it come out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah and having I think some with... sort of outlet like that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. 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 And with intuitive painting, it's in a way it's even better because with art, you're like, you're going to, well, I, I want to draw a bird. So you feel that you need to make it realistic and you you know, whereas mm -hmm. intuitive painting gives you the freedom to just, you don't have to, it's like with kids, you say, well, what did yeah. you draw? They're like, you can see they're not really kind of going to tell you, oh, this is a house or whatever, you know, they just draw because that's natural, you know. So with intuitive painting, I think one advantage is that it's open to everyone because mm -hmm. it's not about your drawing ability or anything, you know, it's just about using right. colors and expressing yourself. So I would definitely encourage everyone to, try it <laughs> definitely well gosh thanks for that idea and thank you for all your wisdom and the work that you're doing how can people work with you and get in touch I know you mentioned a journaling workshop that you're putting together all right yeah my daughter's giving birth soon so I'm like I, want, I really want to do it and I'm like scared to fix a date because mm. you know I'm gonna know I'm gonna be called you know quite soon yes. um my email is my I I call my my kind of business um Lev Psychotherapy L E V, it means heart in Hebrew, so it's mm -hmm. Lev Psychotherapy, mm -hmm. and so my email address is levpsychotherapy at gmail dot com. Uh, people can email me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, and uh, as Esther Abigail, and I'm on uh, Facebook as Esther Abigail and. I've also got a Facebook page, which is Lev Psychotherapy. So um, hopefully okay. people should be able to reach me through that. So uh, 
That's yeah, and I do run I do run workshops, uh, Zoom workshops as well, um, journaling and expressive arts. So I'd love to see anyone there who feel that benefit from it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so I'm curious too, just with how, um, you know, like in the United States, they're so strict about like you can't even cross straight state lines to to see a therapist in another state. So are people, what are like, are people from the U.S. able to do therapy with you, or can they only do the workshops? I have clients. Yeah, I have okay, clients cool. from the U.S. I mean, the okay. time difference can be a bit challenging, but sure. um, but I also because in Israel. Sunday is a working day so I do work on Sundays um yeah, right. so that could work at weekends and if and we have you know, an people... Israel audience too so yeah oh we ha- oh do yeah. we oh great that's amazing yeah. and uh you know if people are free in the morning then I can you know kind of my afternoon and evening would be your morning so we yeah. managed to work around it pretty easily it's not not a problem yeah you know a lot yeah. of us we yeah. would pressurize with time and and we can't always find the type of therapy we want uh, locally. Yeah. So online is, is fabulous. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're such a lovely person. And I think anyone would be privileged to be able to do these parts work with you. So thank you again. Thank you, for, Heather. And thank you yeah. for offering this to people because your podcast yeah. is really valuable. And I'm sure oh. your listeners just keep listening again and again, you know, learning more and more. So that's Definitely. great yeah thank well, you yeah. all right well thank you for tuning in everyone i hope you really got some valuable tools out of this and that you touch base with esther and we hope you have a beautiful day take care of yourselves out there okay bye hey thank you so much for tuning in today i hope you enjoyed the episode as much as i enjoyed sharing it with you if you found this episode helpful in any way i want to invite you to send it to someone who would benefit from it also consider leaving a rate and review for the podcast as it really does help the podcast get to the top of the recommendations list so that even more people can get on the self-love train come follow me over on instagram and tiktok at for the love of dot self that's at for the love of dot self. Shoot me a message and let me know what your favorite takeaways were. I love meeting new people and watching them grow. And thank you again so much for tuning in today as it really is an honor to be here with you. We'll catch you in the next one. Oh, and of course, don't forget to subscribe.